Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. If you look at the video of the Thai Cat fan, clearly the aggressor. The guy with the Thai Cat flag tied around his neck, who was into Grandpa's cough medicine. Oh boy. This is looking like a scene from Slapshot. The players should not have to put up with it. It's not pay your ticket and do whatever the hell you want. It's not. It's pay for your ticket, watch the game, and go home. So he deserved everything. I wish he would have got more. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It's hour two of the RP Show coming to you from sunny Florida. One half of the show anyways, and the other half from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle in Canada. Hour two is brought to you by Great Western's original 16 beer. And I did not finish up the sports update because we ran out of time at the end of hour one. So I'd like to just throw that in there right now, if you don't mind, before we bring the moose back in. The New England Patriots are comfortable away from home, obviously, no matter what the conditions. The uh, Patriots improved to 6-0 on the road with a 14-10 win on Monday night football. The wind and cold. Uh, at Orchard Park severely limited the Patriots passing game with quarterback Mac Jones attempting just three passes, but they won the game their seventh in a row on Monday night football. And to the NBA, Canada's Andrew Wiggins made a career high eight three pointers and the Golden State Warriors beat the Orlando Magic 126-95 in the association last night. Little Canadian note for you. Here on Canada's daytime sports talk show, the sports update, as always, is for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now. And also for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store, where, where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL games put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Let's bring the Moose back in now. Moose, we covered a lot of ground since we last saw you. Mike Richards was with us from Saga 960 in Mississauga, Ontario, with a wonderful interview, which is a tremendous preview for the 108th Grey Cup. And um, we're going to dabble back into hockey here right away. Some NFL talk, and we got some really wonderful comments have come in here. But he he mentioned that he thought the 2.5 line, while you and I feel that it's skinny, that Winnipeg's favored by 2.5, he thinks that might even be, he just thinks it's going to be a closer game. He's not necessarily picking a winner per se. He thinks it could be less than 2.5 points. You go along with that? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I think that spread is awful thin. I think what's going to happen I mean, I'm going to bet Regal right now to throw some change on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at that line. I think that's a very favorable line, um, the way they've dominated all year, the way they played. You know, coming off the, the way they played against Saskatchewan, though, in that weather, you know, maybe there's a little chink in the Blue Bomber armor, right? Those interceptions. But that, I think, is an anomaly. I don't think that's the trend. I think that's the, the anomaly. So I would go that way. What's going to happen, I think, is the betting public's going to throw all their money on Winnipeg, and that's going to force the odds makers and the bookies to say, oh, we better move that line up so that some money comes in on Hamilton. We've got to get it more appealing for Hamilton fans. So when you get that spread, it'll yeah. probably move to about four and a half, and that'll move some money back towards the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So we're into Taco Time viewer takeover every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday at the 120 Canadian locations of Taco Time. For only $2 each, the question is, do you order hard or soft-shell tacos, beef or veggie? And Darren and I have both agreed it's hard shells, beef tacos. End of story. Don't add us. 
And again, hour two is brought to you by Original 16 Beer. Extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 at a store near you today. And while I say that it's viewer takeover, Darren watching in Salt Lake City, Utah, he was talking about coaching uh, because Mike Richards was saying you can't underestimate coaching in, a, in games like this, in conditions like this. Darren Workman says good coaching always comes through in a big game. Utah smoked Oregon twice in 13 days to get to the Rose Bowl because they outcoached the Ducks. Coaching matters at all levels of athletics, and I appreciate Darren watching every day and chiming in. Mandy in Edmonton says, it's so hard to guess who will win the Grey Cup. Ticats are hungry and are at home. Winnipeg is dominant throughout the season and still on a run since last Grey Cup. Um, I opened the week saying Winnipeg by seven. I'll stay with that. But with just with the college football talk, uh, man, I can't even begin to tell you the talk around here, Darren. Just on sports talk radio, what I'm overhearing in the coffee shops, Brooklyn Water Bagels, where I picked up my coffee this morning. Yeah. College football, college football, college football. As I sit and broadcast this show back to Canada, largely, although we do air in 31 U.S. states, and they love the Canadian football talk, I wish there was a following for major junior hockey to the degree that there is for college football in the United States. And I've often said that they're very similar. The athletes aren't being paid really for the most part. Um, the ages are similar. Major junior hockey is age 16 to 20. What's college football? 18 to 22. You know what I mean? And it's just, it just seems like the weirdest thing in Canada, major junior hockey in any Amateur athletics was struggling pre-pandemic, and then the pandemic's almost not just based on attendance, quashed them right out in a lot of ways. But in here, in in America, and particularly South Florida, I told you yesterday, ninety percent of the talk on sports talk radio is all about college football, and it's not just about the Miami Hurricanes who made a coaching change yesterday, but about this the semifinals and the college football playoff. It's mind-boggling and it's exciting. But what gets you on the hype train? The talk, the hype. You know, and I just feel like that's where a lot of the Canadian sports have kind of fallen off the radar for whatever the reason. I don't know. But I'm looking at the bowls, the bowl games, and which ones that I would like to go to. And one is right down the street here, the Boca Raton Bowl at FAU Stadium, Florida Atlantic University. I looked at the photo of the stadium. I'm like, what? This is here? This is amazing. And tickets, by the way, $63 for the Boca Raton Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks' time. But do you see what I'm saying? I just, it's just like major junior hockey because that's really my guilty pleasure if that's the thing. It's what I love the most. I just don't know why Canadians don't get behind it other than the World Juniors, right? They pack the barns. Red Deer and Edmonton are going to be full for the World Juniors, but I've often said, why can't you buy the tickets and fill the barns the other 50 weeks out of the year or whenever the seasons are on? I don't understand it. It's hard. It's tough because there's so much, you know, competition for your attention throughout the years. So we want to really pick and choose when we give, you know, certain things our attention. Look at baseball for us, you know, but you and I aren't big baseball guys. You know, traditionally, when it gets into the playoffs, so we kind of pay attention. When it gets to the World Series, you've got my attention. Look at what happened with the Canadian Football League. You know, the, the games were kind of whole hum a little bit for most of the season, right? It's not typically that way. But as the playoffs came near and things started to matter, all of a sudden, 
we've got the attention of the country and over a million people are watching, you know, these semifinal games. So I think it's the same with Major Junior. You know, throughout the year, 68 games, 1-1-1, one, 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 they're all the same. Um, we don't really get that excited. But when the World Juniors comes around or the playoffs or a rivalry game, you've got my attention. Well, and hey, I, don't, I did not expect to get into this topic today. Can I tell you this, by the way, Darren, since you are my boss, every single morning when my heat, feet hit the floor, I'm excited for the show. I am. And that is a great feeling. And I know yours are too. And I, oh, yeah. And I assume the guys are in the back as well. I'm excited for talks like this. And as are our viewers too. But my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat says, looks like very few people watch university hockey in the USA. However, college football is huge. Um, Chris Bird in King City, Ontario says, watch TV. What's on to watch? College football or major junior hockey? And... Let me come back on that because that's like literally my favorite topic right there. I'm not joking. Um, Jeff Cabellos in Winnipeg says the Miami Hurricanes are probably bigger than the Dolphins. Well, maybe not this season as they weren't very good, LOL. But they were 7-5 and five and they fired the coach. They're going to be in a bowl game probably. Like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But maybe it's the difference between America and Canada. When I've told people down here, I don't really understand this bull system thing. They're not like, oh, you're an idiot. You're, what are you even talking? You have a sports show? Wait. That's what you'd get in Canada. Here it's like, hey, well, come on in. We'll teach you. You know what? It's confusing to us too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. Just a difference in the attitude. Yeah. Um, Randolph Charles, watching in Ontario, says, a Scottish-born kicker will come through for the Ticats and they will upset the Bombers 13-10 in a defensive struggle. Oh, wait, that was 72. Uh, no, no, because it was Saskatchewan-Hamilton in 1972. And I would encourage all and sundry between now and Sunday to go to YouTube, especially if you're a Saskatchewan fan, and you're, a lot are watching on YouTube right now, and watch the 1972 Grey Cup. Even, Darren, you would enjoy it because it's in color. It's pretty good quality. And yeah. Hamilton beat Saskatchewan on that day. But I had a lot of friends, still have a lot of friends that were on that team. Alan Ford, for one, Ron Lancaster. And there was an incident in the first quarter where a tie cat, they scored a passing touchdown. The tie cat was clearly out of bounds. As you watch on, you could tell from YouTube that he was out of bounds. But the touchdown stood. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, Al, that shouldn't have been a touchdown. He's like, well, we knew it at the time, but what are you going to do? Right? There was no video replay. Like, go back and watch it. Yeah. So if my number one topic is major junior hockey and college football on TV and just sports on TV in general, my number two favorite topic is video replay, as you know. Yes. But back to the Chris, the Chris in King City, Ontario, when he says, well, what's on TV right now, college football or major junior hockey? You flip it. The argument is this. It's a chicken and the egg thing. It's 111 Eastern, by the way. Ta-da! The opportunity portal is opening, Moose. Um, the networks say we don't air Canadian University football because nobody watches. Somewhere along the line, you got to be the one that jumps and says, we're going to come hell or high water, we're going to televise this. Because that's what made the World Junior special. That television's what's made everything special. But when did <laughs> you know when what did I mean? World Juniors come on the radar for TSN. Do you remember the year? 
early nineties, early nineties, early nineties, you know, so, you know, you look at where, what ESPN did too. They didn't have access to the major sports, right? They didn't have access to the NFL. They didn't have access to the NBA or MLB or the NHL. They only had access to yacht sailing and all these other obscure things at the time. NHL hockey, NHL hockey. (laughs) Yeah, that was obscure, right? They, uh, they had access to bid crazy amounts of money on NCAA division two college football, right? Because they couldn't get anywhere near division one. And they started building credibility, building credibility, and then overpaid for other rights. And, and, you know, you see where they've gone to now. TSN may be the same thing. It's a, it's a fledgling network. It's a young network. They need to put things on the air. And they take things that are good, like good sports. Junior hockey is great product. University football is good. And they make it a show, World Juniors. And it sticks. Well, they don't need to take those chances anymore, right? Now they're at the top bidding on Tier 1 rights. So would a third network come on board? and really want to wedge their way in, well, how they would do it is wedging their way in by snapping up major junior rights, university football, you know, other Olympic sports in their world championship seasons, kind of like the CBC, and wedge your way in until you have some credibility to buy those national tier one rights. Well, and it's why I'm fascinated with what's going on right now. And by the way, Justin Wolf watching on YouTube says college football changed it this year that to be eligible for a bowl, you only need six wins instead of needing to be over 500. Too many teams became eligible. They had to make new bowls. Ha ha. So again, it's just been unbelievable. Just the friendships that I'm making down here and the people that I'm talking to, but they literally put their arm around you. <laughs> it's confusing to us too. Let's figure it out. Let's Google it. Yeah. You know, I just, at home, everybody just wants to throw fire at you, you, you idiot. <laughs> um, but then the other thing is back to that, you know, what's on television, Chris in King City, Ontario. It's, it's a great point. All day Saturday for years, it's college football on TSN and all the American, CBS, NBC, ABC. So you got the college football and you don't really have major junior hockey until this year. Although Sportsnet was carrying it a game of the week for years and years and years, but the ratings were nothing. But the other day I was watching Sports Center and TSNs. And without a word of a lie, maybe you were watching too. They showed Connor Bedard's apple from the other night in the game in PA. The misplay of the day was in the Prince Albert Raiders Regina Pats game. They were showing the cross highlights. I'm like, what decade is this? Because it was literally early 90s. And what what I find fascinating about it is I love it. I'm here for it. That's what I felt TSN was built on. Yeah. What's made them make the decision to go back? And then we got the Vanier Cup on CBC. What? What decade is this? I know. What changed? How did this happen? I know. I love it. It's, you know, I don't know. You know, things go around in cycles. They absolutely do. And the lacrosse is interesting because that league is, is growing and it's becoming now, you know, when they first got into the National Lacrosse League, it feels like it wasn't like a tier one league. You know, it was, yeah, it's our national sport, but a bit obscure, a bit different. Put it on TV. This is cool. You know, we don't have rights to other things right now. So let's get the Lacrosse League rights. Well, now they do have some NHL rights. They've got some NFL rights in Canada, the CFL, some baseball, that type of, of thing. 
And now the lacrosse league in all these new markets that TSN wants to be in and growing across the country. And it's now a little bit more shiny, you know, in terms of being a tier one league. Um, they're back in. ESPN's on board. So that makes us look pretty good, you know. So that happens. And then the CBC starts to realize, wait a second, let's get back to what we do well, which is put on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, put on Canadian sports, amateur sports throughout the rest of the weekend. And Bob's your uncle. I love where we are, yeah. where we're at right now. Bob's your uncle. One last, one last comment here on Taco Time viewer takeover before we just break and give you more um, comments. But Chris Bird, I feel like we're having a running commentary with him, and it's a good one. He says new networks have a tough road to hoe in light of Twitch and other streaming services. My take on that is that's the network's own fault. Those smaller leagues have gone to Twitch and streaming services because they can't get on television. And that fan-controlled football league that I fell in love with last spring, it's like 35,000 viewers on Twitch for fan-controlled football, the league that Josh Gordon and Johnny Manziel and Johnny Manziel played in. 35,000, that's more than watches the CFL on ESPN, I think, or in the neighborhood. So the point is, the networks drove the leagues to Twitch. It's their own fault. So anyways, we'll take a timeout and come back with more, okay? And Leah Hextall from ESPN uh, joins us later on in hour two. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus television network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. RP Show continues on a Tuesday, Canada's daytime sports talk show on this December the 7th. Uh, I'm going to get to a sports update before we bring the moose back in. Stuff that's gone on already today on this Tuesday. Toronto Blue Jays slugger Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was named the winner of the Tip O'Neill Award Tuesday morning as Canadian Baseball Player of the Year. The award presented by the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum goes to the Canadian player judged to have excelled in individual achievement and team contribution while adhering to baseball's highest ideals. Vladdy, of course, is a Montreal product, but we still don't know if he'll play for Team Canada internationally. I say he should play for whomever he wants. His father, of course, from Puerto Rico. Breakup week is underway in Hamilton with today's arrival of the CFL Championship Trophy at Bayfront Park. The Tiger Cats will entertain the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Sunday in a rematch of the 2019 Grey Cup. Bombers favored by 2.5 points, according to BetRegal.net. It's a busy night in the National Hockey League with 10 games. Both Ontario teams are on home ice. Ottawa meets the Islanders on a three-game win streak, and Toronto faces Columbus earlier today. Mitch Marner placed on long-term injured reserve by the Leafs. Also tonight, Montreal welcomes Tampa Bay. Stanley Cup rematch there. Edmonton home to Minnesota. The Jets entertain Carolina. And the late game has Calgary at Vegas. And Alabama quarterback Bryce Young and Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson are among the four finalists for the Heisman Trophy. The honor will be presented on Saturday. Young and Hutchinson led their teams to conference titles this season. Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett and Ohio State pivot C.J. Stroud 
are the other finalists. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis, and for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars. If we can bring the moose back in from the bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle... Just a couple more comments on uh, the television discussion from Ryan in Saskatoon. He says, I remember as a youngster watching the Roughnecks and Rock on Sportsnet. Glad to see it back on TV. The game is fast and fun to watch. He's referring to the National Lacrosse League, of course. Grant in Kelowna, B.C. is watching. He says, maybe the Canucks should bring back Trevor Linden. Just hold there on that point for a second. Spicy. Uh, the Canucks winning. Canucks winning last night in their Bruce Boudreaux debut, 4-0 over the LA Kings. They still don't have a GM. DG watching in the Bridge City says, Morning, guys. Good point on the college football, Roddy. In Oklahoma, an estimated 2,500 people showed up at the airport on an hour's notice to greet the new coach, Brent Venables, with a quick assembled ceremony, including the entire marching band on the runway. Where would you ever see that in Canada? Maybe only if a team won the Stanley Cup and... That only, but not for the hiring of a new coach. Think of Craig Dickinson or Sheldon Keefe getting hired, for example. Very little fanfare. And from Steve McIntosh, watching in Hamilton on Game Plus TV, says, Hi, Rod. A video is on Twitter showing Chris Edwards grabbing a Ticats flag off someone before the second half started. And I read that comment last, Moose, because I want your take on the Hamilton-Toronto Fan fights, I guess, if you will. I mean, more video has emerged, as the gentleman just pointed out, of, of stuff from earlier in the football game. You know, I, I'm i all for a stage five gong show. Believe me, I am. But this is nothing but bad. This is nothing but bad. And then none of this is a reflection on the Canadian Football League because, listen, you being there and me being here has provided a tremendous just perspective on everything. And the American coverage of what happened in Toronto the other day, brawl breaks out at CFL game, you know, with a still shot of Chris Edwards with the fan. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what happened. But does anybody really know what happened? And this is just dreadful for the Canadian Football League, and it's not their fault. At least I don't think it is. Yeah, it's not because this happens in every league, right? In every sport. In every country yeah. all across the world. Nobody's immune to this. And nobody can predict what your fans are going to do when they start having a few drinks and, you know, win or lose, right? And it's hard to predict what people are going to do in those moments. And so, no, this isn't a league fault, a league issue. This isn't necessarily an organizational team issue. Now, somebody needs to be the bigger man or the bigger woman in the situation. So, you know... You want to think it's the teams because we hold them, we hold our athletes, we hold our, our, our personnel to a higher standard, right? We always have. So we think they should restrain themselves, but you can't. I was telling stories of fans throwing snowballs and hitting people in faces, coaches and players. How do you restrain yourself, you know, after you just take that in the face for so long? Or, you know, when beer cans are thrown on you and you're being treated so disrespectfully, words are one thing. But actions are a complete another. And we've seen through most of the incidents and that we brought up yesterday that usually when it's, when it's physical, when a fan will throw something or hit somebody or do that, 
that the, it's usually fair game, whatever happens after that, right? When it's words and a player will do something, that's a completely different situation. But no, this isn't a, a CFL issue. It's just, it's just wild what happened. Yeah, well, I feel like, by the way, it's gone quiet. I mean, we haven't really even talked about it today on the show until uh, Stephen Hamilton brought it up. Um, I was watching SportsCenter, and I saw Naylor's report on it and so forth, but I think, that the, I think the fact that it is so quiet isn't necessarily a good thing. I mean, I've got personal friends involved, and frankly, I had people asking me on Twitter about my friends being involved. I'm like, I, I don't know enough. Wasn't there. Didn't see it all. I've seen the video. Doesn't look good. Um, John in Edmonton says TMZ covered it, Rod. All kinds of U.S. outlets covered it. And you make a really good point, Darren, about um, that this happens in all leagues. Remember last year when they came back with crowds in the NBA? It was at MS. There was about three or four incidents in the NBA in a week. That's right. Of fans coming onto the court and throwing popcorn, throwing beers. So it's not just the CFL. I think we do need to remind ourselves of that. Um, do let me just get to more of uh, Taco Time uh, viewer comments here, if you don't mind. Taco Time, by the way, Taco Time Canada has over 120 locations in the country, but there is an, one that? in Miami as well. I I would like to point that out. Uh <laughs> Mandy and Edmonton says fans must be out of control because they've been cooped up too long. I don't, maybe, who knows what makes somebody do something like that. But I'll say it again. This just dawned on me last night. I think I said it to you on the phone, or maybe it was this morning. What are you doing as a Hamilton fan at the Argo locker room causing problems? If you were an actual fan, you'd be at your own team's locker room celebrating your team and cheering them up. You're just looking for trouble yeah. going to the Argo locker room. And I hope that that's factored into it. Um, you know, when, when discipline's being handed out and that kind of thing, everybody seems to have opinions on this. Well, Safe Moon Dog, that's an account on YouTube. Safe Moon Dog says, at least the Americans know the CFL was playing this year. Uh, well... Why does it feel like we're not getting any further ahead? My cousin <laughs> Christine in Medicine Hat writes in and says, take away the alcohol factor. Yes, but they won't because that's where they make so much money. Yeah. You know, it's particularly an American thing, but Canada too. I remember being in Gila River Arena in Phoenix where it first dawned on me. It was 2011. It's getting to be a lot of, a lot of years ago. I was still drinking then, but they were like, I ordered uh, two beer whatever they were, 12-ounce beers, they're like, oh, for $2 less, you can have a 16-ounce beer. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? Would you like a free shot with that? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Well, the third period early is, mm. Sounds too good to be they true. They don't care? No, and this happens so yeah, much most, in, in all sports, right? Most people right? can't handle it. Right, and mm -hmm. like, look at junior hockey. This happens in junior hockey and the NHL. Fans throwing things, whatever. Usually, you know, when they're going to the locker room. So what do they do? They got the big blue tunnel that gets out over top of the tunnel and the players go underneath that, right? They don't have that in football. At least it doesn't appear that way. No, I was trying to explain to somebody the other day about 
my friend with the Argos, okay, that's involved with this. And I'm like, it's like, it's like a tunnel, but it's not a tunnel. It's like a corridor on the way into the Argos locker room. And until Sunday, they never needed it. You know, I know. That's I the know. thing. Be like, what? Where, why is there not a cover? Why is there not a cover on that? Why is there, there not this? Now. We never needed it until this. Right. Yeah. But again, I, I say it again. If you were an actual fan, you'd be going and celebrating your own team and not this. Um, well, that's what we want. Where right? do I go from here? You, you know, part of people will say, well, they should have, you know, escorted people and ushered people out of the stadium. Well, that's not what we want. You know, we will be looking around the hockey rink and think, man, they're doing the three stars and there's no fans left here. I wish people would stay, you know, for the celebration and the three stars and all that. So you want fans to stay longer. You want them to have a good time. You want them. And then this kind of stuff happens. Like I say, not everybody can handle it, you know? Um, Did you have any more thoughts? I'll say our next guest is logged in. So I'm going to just, we'll get to her real quickly here. But this survey from Ticket Source. Best arenas for fan experience. We opened the show talking about this. I want to get into it more the rest of the way, just to swing things around a little bit. Number one, the Calgary Flames, which, frankly, I would put pretty high. I would not put number one. I've got Vegas number one. Flames one, Senators two, Canucks three, Blue Jackets four, Montreal Canadiens five. Of the top five teams, four are Canadian. If that means anything, I don't know. I don't even know where this survey was done. Ticket source. Who are they? They say the New Jersey Devils have the worst arena experience. For fans, Vegas Golden Knights, second worst. Islanders, third worst. Florida Panthers, fourth worst. Like, no, what, like... I want to ask Leah Hextall next, our next guest from ESPN. I would assume she's been to the majority of NHL arenas, if not all of them. And for media, it's tough too, Darren, as you yeah. know, because you're not, you're not, you don't get the fan experience that way. Completely. Do you have any more criteria. thoughts on? Do you have any more? Yeah, of course. Do you have any more thoughts on this survey? Well, yeah, it's you know, and what is that fan experience? Is it lineups for food and beer and bathrooms? Is it you know? I look at Vegas, obviously, we know that is the cream of the crop. Um, Cameron Hughes is there firing everybody up. It seems like everybody's having a great time. The atmosphere is awesome. But what does fan experience mean? Um, I'm not really sure. Parking in and out, in the building, the whole game day, ease. I'm not really sure. Um, but to have, and again, I've never been to Ottawa. I've been to Vancouver. I actually enjoyed my time in Vancouver um, at the Canucks games. So, their experience was pretty memorable for me. I enjoyed it. I've also really enjoyed Nashville. Vegas should be up there. Um, I don't know about Ottawa. I've never been to a game in Ottawa. That doesn't strike me as a hot ticket hockey destination. But, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what Leah says. As my sober coach, Bob Marier, you know Bobby, uh, who lives on South Beach, just down the road from me here, Miami. He says, uh, Ottawa. The city that fun forgot. And they're listed in the top five for, for best arena experience. Oh, Bobby. Because you know them, it's funnier, right? So funny. That's yeah. so good. Uh, Dan Asham watching in Winnipeg says, where's the Winnipeg Jets on the list, Rod? The Winnipeg Jets are ninth. If anybody wants to know where your team is, the Jets are ninth. Yours are 10th. The Leafs, Moose. And the Oilers? And, uh, yeah, according to this, my teams, the Golden Knights 30th, the Panthers 28th. 
Yeesh. Maybe it's me. <laughs> I'll see you back here for overtime, okay? Okay. ESPN's Leah Hextall joins us next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Welcome back, everybody. Another beautiful day in South Florida. RP show continues. Check the poll results as we await our next guest, uh, Leah Hextall, not only of ESPN, but also of uh, Sportsnet. She recently called a game on Rogers Hometown Hockey. The poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, who will win the 108th Grey Cup? Winnipeg Blue Bombers will oppose the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern at Tim Hortons Field in the Hammer. Uh, last report on Twitter, 62% saying the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will win the 108th Grey Cup. And wouldn't that be something? How about that, Winnipeg? You go 30 years without a Grey Cup and then you get two. I'm told that there's an audio issue with Leah Hextall and... It must be driving her nuts to have a broadcaster kneecapped by an audio issue on her. We got it. Okay. And John and Edmonton wanted to know where the orders rate on the list. Best arenas for fan experience. The Edmonton orders rank seventh. This is a very highly Canadian weighted survey. The results of it from ticket source or orders seventh for fan experience. So let's do it now. ESPN, but also Sportsnet. Leah Hextall joins us. And thank you, Leah, for your patience. I think we got, you're in the same place as the last time we chatted. How are you doing, Leah? I'm good, Rod. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I am excited to talk to you, as always. I got a lot of questions for you about your experiences and your travels. Well, actually, that's maybe where I'll start. You saw me talking about this survey. Is there a rink that stands out to you in the NHL for the best experience? And if so, what is it? Well, first of all, I feel like I can't answer that question because I haven't been to all 32 rinks. I mean, I still haven't seen a game in Vegas. And I think that's something that everybody speaks to is that there's no comparison. At least my colleagues, my analysts who have been around the entire league, they say Vegas just does it up right. I was really impressed with Bridgestone Arena when I was calling a game in Nashville. It was a really strong crowd there. But listen, I probably have some bias. I still think Winnipeg is one of the loudest rinks because you're right on top of them because it's a smaller size compared to some of the others. But I mean, at the end of the day, can we? So uh, until I see all of them, I probably shouldn't say anything. But uh, it's, uh, you know, everywhere you go, there's those little unique things about every crowd. I mean, I was in Detroit. They've got lots of cheer about there right now. And Little Caesars Arena, what a beautiful new rink there. And the fans there were unbelievable. Yeah, it's hard for the media, too. You make a great point about Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. For instance, when I was there sitting in the crowd, They've got these regular section mates and they have these little cheers and chants that have to do with the game, what's going on in the game. And I'd never been there before. I'm like, what, what's going on here? So you kind of got to know, did you, did you notice that or see that going on there? 
Oh, absolutely. And I have uh, my friend Brandy who works with me at Sportsnet. She's a huge Preds fan. So she goes down there a lot and she was telling me it's very much like a college atmosphere. If you've ever been to see a UND game or college teams, they have the things that they do every game. And, you know, when their PA announcer comes on, Paul, and he says, final minute of play, all the fans go, thanks, Paul. And I was honestly on air run <laughs> and I started laughing because I, I was like, that is awesome. You know, I was like, wow. And so right on air, very natural reaction was, you know, I had to let everybody know what just happened because if you haven't experienced a game there you're not sure but they do have all their little things they do in nashville and i think that's what makes it such a special experience every you're you're so every arena has its thing that's the thing with these surveys i hate to see that new jersey's last for instance because i'm sure new jersey's great but here in florida i've been at almost every game of the panthers and then and when the star spangled banner when i say rockets red glare everybody screams red and it's if you're not ready for it it's mm -hmm. ah! and then uh and then <laughs> You know, and yeah, when, they, just, when they say night for Spencer like Knight, yeah. True North during the end. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And those true are all North. the things. The same thing in Washington when they say stars, you know, and, and then you go to Chicago. I did my first game at the United Center this season. It's the first time I've done a game there. And even though maybe their crowds haven't been, you know, the sellouts that they're used to for the Blackhawks, that anthem was still something to experience and how loud those fans are as it's going on. It just gives you chills. So thank you for all of that. And speaking of chills, you did the Jets-Coyotes game. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got a kick out of your tweet your, where you said Jets 1.0 versus Jets 2.0 and that you're old enough to get the reference. Uh, so what was it like to call that on hometown hockey? Yeah, it was great. I mean, and that's the thing. We were speaking to Paul Maurice prior to the game, and the question was asked, you know, is there any relationship still between the fact that this is Jets 1.0 versus 2.0? on there they're asking because everybody has aged out i mean the only connection left between both franchises is shane doan he's not playing anymore but he's still a part of the brass for the coyotes but there's just no connections there anymore because these players rot are so young like they don't remember 1997 some of them probably weren't even born then so it just makes you feel a little aged i'm like i am that old that i remember because I remember very well when Winnipeg left to go to Arizona and I remember all the years where they said they were coming back and then I remember when Jets 2.0 arrived I was here covering that so it was it was a neat little thing to be a part of but uh, there's absolutely no really to You know yeah, well, the name Barry Schenkero, I think, makes people gnash their teeth in Winnipeg, right? Because I think he was the guy that took the Jets out of there in the first place. And the thing is, maybe the players, maybe the players aren't old enough, but you and I are, and people older than us. And I, that's the thing. We, I guess, we can celebrate it, Leah. It means something to us, <laughs> and really, all that—that's all that matters. <laughs> um, tell me about this Jets team. Well, that, that's the, the players are never going to get it if they weren't alive or they're not old enough. So at least we get it, I guess, is my point. But Okay, let's talk about those Jets. Because they had the bad start, then they mm -hmm. got hot, then they, they lost, what, six or seven in a row? Now they're getting hot again. They got Carolina in there tonight. What are the Winnipeg Jets? What are they as a team? Did I we lose her? Oh, she's gone. Okay, what does she need to do? She'll be on it. Um, some, okay. He's, he's on it with Leah. Oh boy. We were just getting into the meat of the conversation too. And she'll probably be ready here in moments just for how far back Leah and I go. And we talk about being old Keystone center, Brandon press box. I was calling Pat's wheat Kings games and Pat's Raiders games, actually, or sorry, Raiders. 
weakenings games, and she was right beside me, five feet away. I still apologize for being so loud. Anyways, we lost you, Leah, right where you were starting your answer to my question of what are the Winnipeg Jets as they get ready to face Carolina tonight. Now the viewers are chiming in with their own inconsistent. <laughs> They're saying, do we have Leah? Can we get her on the screen? There we go. What are the oh, Winnipeg Jets geez. as a team? I, you know, Rod, what I was saying was I think that they still are a really deep team. When you look at how deep they are down the middle through their centers, their ability to score, we've seen that over the last two games. I mean, putting up eight spots, seven spots against strong teams. But the fact is, is they got dealt a little bit of a blow early on due to COVID-19. You saw two of their key players in Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley out of the lineup, which really decimated their power play. You know, they didn't have the personnel on the ice for their power play, which we're starting to see click. It's been over 44% over the last two games as they're starting to go number 26 and 55 respectively but I I really have you know have to say I think this is a team that's just going to continue to build they have all the pieces to the puzzle but you just mentioned their inconsistency I don't know a team in the NHL that isn't inconsistent at this point you know look no out of the gate who are completely underachieving and now they've rattled off seven straight wins and they're right back in there um, this is a league that I think this year every single team is really trying to find its way to string together wins. We have to remember that we've been through two seasons now that have been abbreviated. We're back to an 82-game schedule, but yet more teams than ever are receiving COVID-19 protocols and have players going in and out of their lineup non-stop. Every single day almost, we are seeing a player join COVID-19 protocol, which is really, it's, you know, it's destructive to a team finding that consistency. So I think the Winnipeg Jets finally have that in their lineup. Yes, they're going to be without Neil Pionk for two games uh, due to his suspension, which happened against Toronto for the kneeing. But I mean, I think this is a team that's just going to start to do this, uh, but we'll wait and see. Um, they have all the pieces in the puzzle. They just got to use them. And a lot of hockey left, for sure. Nobody wants to hear that uh, it's early, because it's not. But the fact is, there's still a lot <laughs> no, of hockey No, it's left, not. And they're in a playoff spot. Yeah. Leah, lastly, what's your schedule ahead? I'm always interested to know with you national broadcasters, what is your schedule here for games? <laughs> So I'm going out on a big 10-game road trip. I got three games in nine days in three different cities. So I am heading to Minneapolis to call Carolina and the Wild. Monday, they play on Tuesday. Then from there, I head to Anaheim. And then from there, I head to Seattle. And it's going to be my first time in Seattle seeing their rink and experiencing the brand new franchise, the 32nd. So looking forward to that. So that's my schedule. It takes me all the way up. I get home on the 22nd. I got two days off, and then I'm down to San Jose. Uh, and you wouldn't have it any other way. Leah, keep it up. We're following Wouldn't closely. have it any other Great way. Job. Thank you, sir. Right. Great job. You've earned it. I want you to enjoy it, and I know you are. Uh, safe travels, and we'll talk right. next time. Thank Happy you. holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays to you as well, Rod. Thank you. Sportsnet and ESPN's Leah Hextall joining us from home. We'll be back with Overtime with Moose. Right after this, you're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. YouTube Live and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's everybody's favorite segment. Or at least a lot of people's favorite segment. Overtime presented by the Four Seasons Sport Palace. Like another uh, beautiful day coming down here in South Florida. Uh, hey, 
Overtime for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC, the National Hockey League, and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club. If we can bring the moose in. The moose is back, right? Uh, the Greek freak texting and says from the Four Seasons, hey, buddy, another great weekend at the Palace. UFC 269 Saturday. No cover ever, of course. Two title fights. Olivia Oliveira versus Poirier and Nunez versus Pena. Then Grey Cup Sunday plus 12 NFL Sunday games. We love sports at the Four Seasons Sports Palace. And I said to Yorgi, not a very good Sunday for you. Not a very good weekend, George. His Riders lost, his Leafs lost, and his Vikings lost. Poof. But he said the sun did come up, Moose. He said the sun actually came up. Can you confirm the sun did come up? Yes, the sun came up. Not as early as we'd like, but the sun did rise, and we're fine. We wake up today. It's Taco Time viewer takeover, of course. Taco Time with over 120 locations across Canada. Uh, regarding the best NHL fan experience, the poll from Ticket Source, Calgary number one, New Jersey last. Sean in Vancouver is watching. He says, Emily Arena in Tampa Bay, got to be up on that list. Calgary, that's insane. How old is that barn? <laughs> It is now officially the oldest rink in the NHL, right? I want to say around 84. Somebody could look that up. I remember standing on the ground floor of the Saddle Dome when they were building it. My dad was working for the Calgary Wranglers junior hockey team at the time. And Doug Sauter, you know Doug, yeah. was giving us a tour. He was the coach of the Wranglers at the time. And he's like, yeah, they're going to put a roof on this thing. It's going to look like a saddle. We're like, what? Yeah. And they did. That's cool. And now they're being dummied over it, saying, no, we can't have this roof anymore. Hey, uh, Randy, watching in Winnipeg on Game Plus Television, says, great guests today, Rod. Well, for that, thank Clark, because they were great. Leah Hextall from ESPN and Sportsnet. I'm sorry I dropped my pen. Let's go. And Mike Richards, and Mike Richards from Saga 960. There's a lizard running around here on the patio moose, by the way. Might have to clean up after him again. Ricky? <laughs> there's, yeah, there's Ricky. I was picking up lizard droppings this morning when I was on the phone with moose. How about that? I got so many questions, but they're not. No, they're not. People don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear that. Okay. Jeff watching in Oregon on Game Plus television. He says, I wish... U.S. Division I college hockey would expand to the Pacific Northwest. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got a lot of hockey in the Pacific Northwest. Let's be real about it. And very affordable hockey. And as we mentioned earlier, Jaden DeRoe is the WHL Player of the Week. Close personal family friend. Known him since he was like 12. He sat in that chair right where you sat, right after he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. But anyways, you got Portland, Tri-City, Spokane. There is Junior A when the world's normal. There's Western Pro, which reminds me, somebody texted into the show a while back earlier. Actually, it was late last week about the Western States Hockey League. Did you see that message? I missed Did you it. see that one? Nope. Okay, well, they said, watch out for this league. And I'm like, well, we've been on it. We've been on that for a while. Jennifer at the Four Seasons says, really hoping the orders can come out with the win tonight against those pesky mini wild. Well, let's talk about the featured game. Thanks for that, Jen. For Well, 
That and and by the way, the rock star of the day yesterday was Justin Dunk from 3downnation.com. Rock star of the day brought to you by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. They specialize in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. I said uh, to the moose that everybody really was focused on tonight's games. How are we going to talk about last night's games on the show today? But we've managed to do that, Darren. What yeah. did I the ten yeah, ten games? Are you gonna be watching Leafs Blue Jackets? Is that your featured game? That's probably my featured game. I'll I'll be checking into that tonight for sure. I'll watch the Oilers. I think they're playing tonight. Check that out. I'll kind of bounce around a little bit, so it'll be fun. Uh boy. Funny How did, last minute. Last minute of play in the RP show. Uh where do I start? My feature game is probably going to be the Florida Panthers at the St. Louis Blues tonight. Earlier, I read that Calgary's at Vegas, but my schedule says Calgary's at San Jose. The wire copy said they're at Vegas, but I believe they're at the Sharks. Um, there's a viewing party at the Funky Buddha Brewery Saturday, Moose, for the Florida that? Panthers in Colorado Colorado Avalanche, 8 p.m. Okay. Eastern. If you can get down here Saturday, I would, I would love to have you. Yeah. I think it's Saturday. Jets and Hurricanes will be really good, too, tonight. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, Carolina right. Hurricanes. That'll be a really good game. Um, that's probably going to have my interest tonight. I'll be watching that. Yeah. I'm not sure who's up tomorrow, but I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you to Leah Hextall and Mike Richards today. Moose, we'll see you in 22 hours. Have a great afternoon. See the rest of you at noon Eastern and Game play. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.